I'm really tempted to reload, but I feel like it might just crash the, the show, so. Hey everyone, welcome to The Function Call. <laughs> we have a fun show today. We're going to be talking stacks, short stacks, full stacks, pancake stacks, but mostly tech stacks. So on the show today, we have AJ Zane. Hello. Got Grant Glidewell. Word, people. Gliding into those DMs. Yuck. Really? That only reflects on you. I, I don't know. Is that, is, that, is that an inappropriate thing? God, I hope so. Uh, <laughs> okay. And you've got uh, blissfully unaware of inappropriate comments. Austin Gill here, um, hopefully not upsetting anyone with my puns. <laughs> um, today we're talking tech stacks. Uh, we figured we'd, we spent the last show talking a little bit about our background and introductions and to give uh, people some more insight into who we are and what we're thinking about, what we think is cool. I thought it'd be cool to talk about some of our favorite technologies, some of the things that we're working on, but mo mostly some of the things that we would be like really keen to work on. So uh, who's interested in starting today with the first question? Not it. I'll do it. All right. I don't know why it's like an opt out thing. Like, <laughs> fine. Like, let's let's do it. All right. So, awesome. yeah, you gracefully put together um, some like uh, prep material that I uh, like rushed through and sarcastically answered. Uh, so, like, I'll I'll just use that as a as a primer. And it, like initially, my thought on this was like, what what? what? I used the material. Oh, no, I was I was just gonna say. Uh, no, no, it's good. That's great. We want to get into the material. Uh, one thing I left out was, uh, let's hear about your current tech stack. Oh, uh, I mean, it's really the same thing. <laughs> perfect, perfect, perfect. All right. So um, the question then is, uh, what would be your, like, if you were to build a project today, Greenfield, starting from scratch, uh, what does your tech stack look like? Well, that depends on what the project is. I mean, that seems like the obvious answer, right? It's it like does. It's, I want you to go into that. Yeah. Like the need, right? Uh, so if it were just purely for exploration, uh, I would want to build something in Rust. There is like a web, I believe it's like a web server framework called Rocket, um, which would be super cool to just kind of check out and work with. Uh, Rust is like a really interesting programming language to me because it's, so far removed from uh, like the usual ins and outs and daily uh, stuff that I deal with in JavaScript. Um, it's, it's, it's wild. And uh, I enjoy looking at it and trying to figure it out and then giving up and uh, running back to like the safety of JavaScript and TypeScript. <laughs> um, but generally uh, the tech stack that I, that I work in currently is uh, React, um, TypeScript, GraphQL, uh, and Emotion, which is a CSS and JS library. Um, and all of these things combined make like this, uh, this, this beautiful, uh, arrangement where like, uh, no concerns are separated. Uh, everything is just blended into one, uh, uh, cool machine, 
Um, it, it, it's 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 strange because like I've never uh, had <laughs> I've never had the opportunity to work in a tech stack that I hated. Um, I've seen tech stacks that I would hate to work in. Uh, so like I've been super lucky in my career so far to be able to just like, hey, I want to work in this thing or like work with this thing. And either at the job I have, I have the freedom to like just kind of do whatever the fuck I want. Or uh, I find a job doing that, uh, which, which is the case here. Like I, I wanted to do more TypeScript. Um, and my first task at my current position was converting a whole like JavaScript React uh, code base into TypeScript poorly, uh, but it's getting much better now. Um, so there's that. And uh, the, the next kind of question on this uh, stack thing is uh, backend. Uh, I'm a little backend agnostic. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of like SaaS products uh, for like backend as a service. Um, so something like Hasura or Prisma or, you know, whatever. Um, there's there's lots of options to to kind of handle that. There's there's even um, what is it like Sanity IO? Um, you can use uh, a product. I used to work at this company called Zesty. You can use them as a backend as a service. They have like a GraphQL client kind of thing uh, going now. So like that's becoming like very popular, and I like it. I think it's uh, I think it's a good solution uh, instead of me fighting with backend engineers on like what an API should look like. Um, I I can just you know, feed a schema to a SaaS product. And then everything just works because GraphQL is a really solid contract uh, to have with the back end. Uh, does anybody want to fight me about that? <laughs> I think it's uh, cool. Yeah, I'm going to fight you about your ideal tech stack. I don't know. <laughs> it just it, it felt like I was monologuing for too long. So No, that's I was, fine. Yeah, I, Oh, go ahead, AJ. I was wondering about uh, when you were talking about Rust um, and how you want to get more into that. Is that just because it's something new? And then you say how you, you know, you'll go into it and then run away and come back. Uh, you, do you enjoy that so, masochistic process? Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> I feel seen right now. <laughs> um, so there, there's a little bit of that. Uh, but, but mostly, like, I got into this, uh, this field because I wanted to be, like, a programmer and to like write software and, and not necessarily to like be a web developer and make websites. It's mm -hmm. the, there, there's like this difference in mentality, um, I think. And I, I don't think like one is better than the other, but like my preference was definitely for like the, the programmer mindset. Mm -hmm. And so looking at something like Rust, and this is probably why I prefer to work in TypeScript, and this is probably why I prefer to work in React. And this is probably why I like, you know, stuff that people hate like Redux. Um, you know, so, so that, that I think is my preference for us. I, I did, uh, a project last year, uh, called four languages, uh, one program. What, what was it? So I, I wrote a scraper in four different programming languages. It was, uh, hmm. it was like Python and then I wrote it in node and I wrote it in Rust and I wrote it in Golang. Um, and it, it, it was basically like my premise was this is a rebuke against, um, hello world which is like the first mm -hmm. thing you learn in any language is hello world i'm like that's pointless in every language like, I, don't, <laughs> yeah. I know nothing if i know hello world but if i know how to like do uh, like some web scraping like i know a little bit about the language i get the syntax like there's mm -hmm. uh, i feel like i can make uh, uh some decisions about whether i like it or don't like it 
and and rust was like by far the hardest one um to to do that in um and so that intrigued me i really like python um but but rust is like this this challenge let alone something like <laughs> haskell right yeah i'm never touching that that terrifies <laughs> me i don't know enough math uh to be useful in haskell uh, all right. So where, where are we going? All right. So I don't like databases. I don't really have an interest in writing backends, um, which is weird for someone who wants to write Rust. Um, yeah. So my database would definitely be like a SaaS solution. So I mentioned Hasura, Prisma, or some of the other uh, SaaS products. So like if, if a project is going to be like a static site, maybe something like Gatsby, um, they have some problems that I would want them to work out. Uh, that's like a whole other show. Uh, but if it's going to be a, like a fully functioning web app um, that requires some server rendering, I would probably spring for for Next, which is like beautiful. Um, I haven't used Next since, uh, I mean, it's it's been a while since I've used Next. So I'm like not up to date on where it, where it is. Um, but last time I used it, it was really, really nice to work with. Um, I think we've got like a whole episode uh, in the future on CSS and JS libraries. So like, we don't even need to go there. Um, <laughs> but the yeah, uh, next, I was just going to say next, uh, I think their like latest release, they came out with some really, really cool stuff and the direction they're going with um, kind of server. What is it like? dynamic sort of server rendered static is what I would call it. Yeah. But it's like, you know, intended to be static as much as possible. And then um, when you have uh, a route that is not built, it's like built on the server and then cached static yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah. It's an offer really, really like cool. PHP. <laughs> yeah, we're getting there someday. <laughs> someday JavaScript will, will be nice. Here we come. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, except this will be uh, fast. <laughs> my my experience with the HP monoliths has not been a great one. Um, but, you know, I'm also at the tail end of their heyday, so I probably shouldn't judge based on that. Um, but that, that does lead, lead uh, pretty easily into, like, how I would deploy and host these, and it's always now. Um, mm. Used to be site, now it's Vercel. Uh, now is... So awesome. Uh, another option would be Netlify. I've used Netlify. Uh, I think we have another episode talking about these same things. Um, but I definitely prefer now to uh, Netlify as a developer. Um, now, if I were making recommendations for uh, maybe a team, uh, I think Netlify makes a lot more sense in, in those scenarios where there are people on the team who are maybe uh, less savvy um, or less proficient in the command line or uh, just don't want to bother with that stuff. Um, they have a lot of like really neat integrated solutions. And yeah. they've also hired like every single badass developer on Twitter. They're like, we're just going to pull you all in. And, uh, you know, it's, they've created quite a powerhouse. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, they've done a great job with that. Whereas Zite like kind of hasn't. Um, like their their uh, their reach into the dev world has purely been, uh, as far as I understand it, like through their 
their open source projects, which I'm wondering if they're switching all that over on GitHub to Brazil as well. Shows how out of the loop I am with that. Um, a lot of it is still now in Zite and even in their docs. Okay. Just like the reason, actually. So, oh, cool. so, so Grant, Ward, uh, you talked a little bit about like Rust, something that you've you've had some dabbling on. Um, what about if you had if you had to choose technology that you have had like zero experience with? It's just kind of like on your periphery that you'd be interested in. Zero playing around with anything, yeah, or like little experience. I mean, I would say I've had little experience with Rust. I mean, I've I've touched it and and you know gotten some projects up and going, but like my understanding of how it works is very much uh, banging my head against the docks until something happens. Um, like I could say the same thing about uh, <laughs> writing Node. In certain situations, though, so <laughs> I guess that doesn't have a whole lot of meaning. Um, well, to like your very first statement before this, is it getting into the reason why? You know, like, what is bringing you to Rust versus the infinite amount of other stuff we can do with code? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you make a good point. Actually, as as you're kind of asking that question, I was thinking, well, yeah, Python would be able to just like do stuff. And I have <laughs> even less experience with Python, but like I have so much more confidence I could like get a lot done with it because that's mm. kind of the way that the language works. It's uh, like that is a rad language that I, I don't know many people who have a problem with it. Any of you? Python no, haters? I, mean, I don't think there's... A single person that hates Python that I've ever met. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. I had to throw that into the end of the sentence that I've ever met. I'm sure there's someone. That hates it. <laughs> yeah, there, there might be, um, but, and I, I know a lot of assholes. Um, don't know one that, that hates Python. I know, I know a lot of people love Rust because of its like error handling or, or exceptions. Oh. Like it just like tells you that you, you made an error, but then it goes above and it's like, Hey, by the way, this is probably the solution. This is probably the solution. You can find the documentation here. Uh, but if you make this change, it'll let me know whether or not that was actually the problem. It is unbelievably useful. Oh, That's God, it's so good. And then, and then you go and you look at object, object, JavaScript errors. <laughs> and you just hate your life. Oh, man. Um, what about Dino? Have you guys seen that? Like uh, how I understand no. it, like a node on top of Rust, or is that way off? This, I I think you have it right. It's on, so and it. like TypeScript is a first uh, like first class citizen, but they have some issue with like the TypeScript compiler uh, and efficiency. Like I, I heard about some vague issue, and I was like, oh, I can't use this yet because it's not TypeScript friendly. Mm. But it wants to do like native TypeScript. So, yeah, I mean, the things that I've seen of Dino look great. Um, I would like to get into it. Maybe I'll have that in my little tech stack conversation. But, oh. AJ, we're going to move on to you because I know that you okay. have a hard AJ stop. wants to use Dino, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next. <laughs> um, so, AJ, oh. let's start with uh, what, is your, what is your current status um, sort of looking like? So, like, 
ideal or day to day? Let's start with day to day and then like and, yeah. So day to day, where I'm at and measurable, big props is uh, Angular on the front end, and we have a an app that is poke evolving from Angular JS into modern Angular. Um, also going from vanilla JS to TypeScript. Um, I have been using TypeScript for a long time, so that's been fun spreading the, the TypeScript knowledge and gospel. Um, then it moves into a multi-tiered backend system, first going through a Rails layer and then a Java Spring layer. Um, and, and then SQL for the databases and hosted on AWS. So that's pretty much it in the nutshell. It's pretty pretty standard and small, getting dockerized, not very complicated, which is nice. Uh, ideally, right, coming from a front end background, definitely focus much more on the front end. Um, and Angular, TypeScript, again, we like that. Um, because my background is so JavaScript heavy, I kind of prefer a node for a back end just to not context switch so much. Um, and then again, TypeScript, of course. And like we were saying, light stuff, so you know, versatile, serverless, things that are really easy to deploy, really easy to test. Uh, my big thing, try and wrap it up, is you know, thinking about teams and stuff and how you can make your code really communicatable and easy to jump into. Uh, and so for me, that's why I really like Angular because it's really dogmatic and really opinionated about how you make Angular stuff. So you can jump from Angular to Angular project and just dive right in and be pretty good to go. I think that makes a lot of sense. Oof. And I think that's like the strongest argument, like especially in, in our geographic location, like Angular is really popular with a lot of our local companies in San Diego. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think they've continued to stick with it for exactly that reason. Like it, it makes so much sense. For teams. <laughs> what, uh, what's your uh, CSS situation looking oh, like? Oh, yeah, totally forgot yeah. that whole part. Um, so in design and UI libraries, I like to just rely on that stuff and not care about it too much, not have to do cross-browser testing. So if someone's made a date picker for me, I'm happy to use that and not go crazy over getting everything pixel perfect. Um, after the uh, responsive web design days, I, I kind of quit on trying to make things perfect and instead prefer just to make things easy. And again, for other people to jump into, making design and dev communication handoff a lot easier. Um, so yeah, things like. Yeah. Cool. So uh, so you're reaching for a CSS library that you can put on top of an Angular app. Um, mm -hmm. Your ideal backend is something you're going to go with, like serverless, hosted on AWS, maybe? Um, I've actually never or probably only once, it's like, like like a hello world kind of thing, launch something oh, yeah. on my own AWS. Um, but I'd like a versatile Zite Now kind of system. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool, cool, cool. Um, what's your what's the database of choice that you got behind that? I don't really care too much. I like Postgres. Um, done a lot of MySQL, and it's just easy, easy to spin up, easy to keep it small, um, and seems very forgiving compared to a lot of other things with it. Um, but then again, I don't really get into the nitty gritty of all that kind of data architecting side. 
beyond table structure and foreign keys. Yeah, we've been doing a lot of that at work and got bit pretty hard with uh, bad architecture decisions. Mm -hmm. um, so that was fun. I have <laughs> I've, de I've developed some opinions around databases mm -hmm. and adjusted those opinions several times. <laughs> so I never never think I have the right opinion, but you know, got to start somewhere. Um. Yeah, I'm wondering so if what there about are going to be uh, any document databases in this uh, in this list. It sounds like probably not. We'll see. I might might, might throw you a curveball oh, there at the man. end. You've got strong <laughs> opinions, and you're like pro Mongo. <laughs> um, I gotta finish AJ's AJ's uh, text okay, actually quick. Um, so <laughs> poke at you already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Um. Okay, cool. So AJ, tell me now, you're talking about uh, technology that you have experience with and building your perfect tech stack for whatever project is coming your way. I like how Grant Grant through, Grant started out with the whole quote unquote, it depends right from the start. And AJ was like, no, I'm not even going to bother yeah. with it depends. This is my tech stack depends. no matter what. <laughs> the, yep. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you feel like Angular can just handle what like whatever like it, yeah. it's just down right. i mean i know that it can handle scale and do enterprise really well and i know that if you get used to that and knowing that it's going to scale start with it small like even if it is something that i'm going to work on myself um for like a fun side project i might completely forget about it in eight months and then want to go back and because i have strong types i'm not going to make stupid mistakes it's a little bit self-documenting which is nice and then when i need to add a new component or whatever I can rely on the boilerplate tools that just generate all that stuff for me. And so you know, it is a little bit more setup kind of stuff, but peace of mind. Well, like, yeah, there's, there's like boilerplate, but it's also like you said, like there's tooling in place to, to automate a lot of that. That's really cool. How, does does Angular? This is something that I've actually thought about before and then went to research and then it like disappeared out of my head. Um, does Angular do static or server rendering? Oh, that was my question. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so Angular Universal is server side rendering. That's cool. What? What? So like, all right. I have a million questions about that. <laughs> um, we need to do a server rendering episode because like yeah. I have so many uh, strong opinions about the way some frameworks behave mm. when they're server rendering things. Mm -hmm. So like I'm I'm like so curious to dive into that. Um, yeah. yeah, my app is server rendered. It renders a div with an ID and sends that to the front end, and then sends a giant pack of JavaScript. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's just a uh, build time, build time right there. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, just quickly, does when Angular is server rendered, does it also ship all of Angular down to the client uh, if there's like necessary interactivity that would run? Oh man, I don't, I don't know. Um, and then there's two, you can do a ahead of time or just in time compiling of Angular. Uh, right. So there's, I think you're getting into a grid of different rendering options there. There's um, options? <laughs> but I'd have to look deeper into that because um, I haven't done any Angular Universal myself. Okay, yeah, I need I need to know about this. Uh, and and uh, when, whenever we do that episode, I may press you. <laughs> Be prepared. I'll start, I'll start studying. Hot seat. 
Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's hear about some of the um, some of the things that you're not so uh, familiar with, I, but interested in getting into. Got one acronym: IOT. Ooh, there you go. Do you do a lot of like home automation stuff right now? It's more than most people, but not nearly as much as my geek mind dreams about. Okay. So, you know, if I could automate everything, that's sick, and I'd be very happy. And I have no excuse not to get into that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like you're saying, you dive into it, run away, get scared, hack at it again. Um, I'm just too disorganized to get. All right. <laughs> so you would automate everything, but yep. given you had like enough time to do it, what would be the first thing you would IOT automate? Okay. Um, I would make a button thing so that I could click a button to say that I'm in a meeting and it would make a light somewhere else turn a different color, either if the video is on or off, so that I can just be like, boom, recording. Don't make noise to anyone. Just like a big shut up sign. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just picturing like what? You have like a little light by your desk or you have like uh, a lighthouse like beacon coming off the top of your roof. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's it's a satellite shooting lasers down. Um, I have, I use my phone right now. So I have some smart lights um, and a, a little strip in the kitchen to do that. But I always forget to turn it off after the meeting. So I'd want it definitely on my desk so I can remember that it's on and then somewhere else to communicate with whoever might make noise. Who who need, who's seeing these beacons? Are you talking about at your house? Like <laughs> just it's just you and Kato and a bunny. Yeah. Is the bunny, that bunny the bunny's is just so loud. loud. And the bunny is very distracting and I'm in meetings. Yeah. That's funny. But yeah, so that that would be the first project I do and then from there I'm sure it would get nonsense. Cool. Oh well, God. let me. Uh, I'm gonna get into my uh, tech yes. stack. What is what is your that. preferred uh, tech stack there? Okay. Austin. Actually, before we get into it, I, I had this question. I'm gonna mm. ask to Twitter as well. I want to put a poll out. Uh, if we're talking tech stacks, and you have the front end and the back end, uh, what is the top of the stack and what's the bottom of the stack? Like if you if you have like a stack of pancakes. <laughs> which one which one is the top pancake and which one's the bottom pancake? Mm. Well, I guess that goes into how do you eat your pancakes? <laughs> I I do full triangles now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I eat uh, waffles. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, real question, I'll think about it. Yeah. Which one? Just is, a metaphor. The front, is the front end the top of the stack or is the front end the back of the stack or the bottom of the stack? I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll ask Twitter and see. Twitter um, has opinions about stupid stuff all the time. Like, let's do this. Yeah. Uh, I say that as if I have more than 300 followers. So I'll, 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 very... I'll retweet it to my like six <laughs> or eight followers. Where's this? Awesome. We're going to get a very wide poll. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> My tech stack. Uh, let's see. So if I'm, let's see. Okay. So what I do at work is I have, I, starting from front to back, is we use view on the front end. 
Um, we have an app that we built with, with Viewify, which is like material design CSS UI. Um, we are also building a new project that uses Bulma. Um, so I've used that. Uh, I, yeah, and that's what I use at work, basically. Um, one of the projects uses GraphQL with Apollo client to send a, a GraphQL request to, to a, a GraphQL server. This other project just regular uses Axios to send REST API requests. Uh, so I'm going front to back. On the front end? Yeah. Okay. Just does domain interrupt. Yeah, wasn't wasn't uh, I usually use fetch. Um, it's there's this I, wild standard out on the internet for browsers. Yeah, I mean uh, Axios is back, more backwards compatible though. It's built on XML HTTP requests, but we're not going to get into that. Okay. wasn't wasn't my choice. I would use fetch, but Axios is cool too. Um, so. Then let's see, the requests come in on one app. We have a serverless GraphQL uh, API that runs on AWS and has kind of a combination of talking to a Mongo database, I believe, or DynamoDB for some of the data. And then we have um, on App number two, we've got the back end. It's using a, like, we're kind of, or I'm, I'm inheriting a project that someone else built. Uh, and so that's like a, a standard a API. I think it's running Java. And yeah, I, I don't get into Java so much, so I haven't really got into that source code. But it's, it's built on top of a Postgres database, and it's got some Mongo stuff as well. All of the, like, all of that's powered with Docker or whatever, and it's hosted, where is it hosted? It's hosted in Google Cloud Platform. So we're a little bit all over the place, um, but it's good. We're kind of consolidating and, and figuring some stuff out. Uh, now, that's what I do at work. Uh, mostly do front end. I get into some of the serverless backend stuff. I do, I've been writing a little bit of SQL today, so a little bit of everything. And if I were to start a greenfield project today, I, you know, obviously it depends on what the project is, but uh, let me hit you back to front now. So did that, that came out weird. <laughs> All right, let me start from the back end and move to the front end. Sorry. Not any better. You're not making uh, improvements here. <laughs> Okay. Well, let me start with the database and move to the HTML. <laughs> there you go. That's okay. Slightly cool. cleaner. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, so, database. I think, um, or maybe I should end with the database because I know Grant's chomping at the bit to hear my opinions. Keep him, keep him waiting. I love how much uh, you think I care about your opinions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm gonna hear. I'm gonna hear so much from Grant after the show, y'all. Just. All you listeners out there, I'm gonna just it's gonna be my inbox is gonna be full. It's gonna be dead silence, <laughs> and that's gonna bother him more. <laughs> so my database, I'd probably go with Postgres, and the reason being that I have worked now with DynamoDB, 
MongoDB and Postgres. And by no means am I an expert in any of these. And I'm, I'm sure that you know, people will have opinions why one is better than the other. But I think that from the most restricting to the least restricting would go uh, like, nah, restricting is not the right word, but the ones that need the best planning is DynamoDB and then MongoDB is kind of in the middle. And then Postgres is like, you, not that you don't need planning, but you can be a little bit looser. And uh, the reason I say that is because to do Dynamo really well, you really have to know your application's access patterns. And um, you, cause you can't do like joins and all this stuff. We won't, we won't get into the database stuff today, but that one, I, I was, I was lured to by the promise of speed and infinite scalability and all this stuff. And man, it just like smacks you in the face if you don't build it right. Uh, that's, that's an interesting statement that you made and I want to make sure that we come back to it. So I'm going to just like interrupt here for a second. You said- That's not in, coming back to it. No, 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 no. So <laughs> what I want okay. to come back to at some point is you said <laughs> in order to do it well, you have to know your application's access patterns really well. Um, and I, I think that's a really interesting statement that I want to come back to later. Okay, go ahead. Great, thanks. Uh, AJ, we're running up on, on your cutoff time. So if you want to jump in with any questions, let me know. Or if you just got a jet, uh, that's yeah. fine too. Probably just invisibly disappear. Okay, cool. Um, let's well, see. No, wait, so we what, got is, what are your thoughts on that statement then? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, get it, we'll, get it, we'll get it offline. Fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. We'll put it. We'll we'll put it in the footnotes of the show. Um, from the database, I'd probably do yeah, like a, a node. Um, I I really like serverless. What I've been doing with it, I think um, some of the challenges that I've hit. Uh, there have been challenges. Like there's there's issues with using like building an ephemeral kind of service that doesn't stay up, but it's it's once you get your head around it it's pretty cool and and fun um there are also there's also some challenges with like uh making things event driven but but yeah i think i think i think there's a good future there especially with like things that like nextjs is doing and vercel and all of these projects um i don't think i would do graphql I think I would, for now, I'm pretty happy sticking with REST because um, mostly because I, the, the project that we're talking about is some imaginary project that I don't know what the schema looks like and having to depend on or having to write a strongly typed API when I don't know what those types are and it's going to be constantly kind of shifting, that was that was a pain that I've dealt with. And, and Grant, you might fight me on that, but... Um, I do like GraphQL. I really enjoy GraphQL, but uh, from the place that I'm at today, where my headspace is, it's like I like being able to be a little bit more uh, flexible with stuff. Um, and then we'll say we'll get that to the front end. So what I'm not doing today that I would like to do is probably use Nuxt, and I'm hoping that Nuxt will add some will like you know, take a peek over at Next and, and start implementing some of the same things. Because I would really love to do uh, essentially what Next has, but with Vue um, and have like serverless and have that kind of static or dynamically static uh, built server rendered stuff. Until then, 
uh, I do, I don't mind having like a view rendered app, like a JavaScript rendered app uh, for what I've been building. Works pretty well. You just make an API request and come back and, and you have many things to worry about, but for the right kinds of apps, like if you're building a dashboard, you don't really need a lot of that server side rendered stuff. Um, so that's kind of what I have in my head. In terms of CSS, probably go with um, some sort of combination of my own custom CSS using CSS variables for sort of theming and uh, maybe something like Tailwind utility CSS classes. I played around with creating my own, so maybe it'd be that. Uh, but yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably do that. I think I would, I, I would, I would lean heavily on post CSS. I, I have, most of my career I've done like SAS. I, got, I recently got into writing post CSS stuff, and um, it's it's pretty it's pretty good. Happy with that. Um, I think that's it. That's it for the stack. The hosting, um, if it's serverless, if you have y'all tried begin.com? Begin.com. It's a really cool. It's a really cool service for hosting serverless applications. I think. Yeah, um, I think I I looked at it. I think you sent it to me at some point. I yeah. looked at it for for a second. It seemed neat. Yeah, I like that. Um, they run on AWS. Uh, not the biggest fan of AWS, but I think with serverless, like if you if you can keep your tech if you can keep your stack kind of uh, backend agnostic by AJ. Yeah, <laughs> you can keep your. <laughs> If you can keep your stack, uh, your serverless stuff like backend agnostic, then it's pretty easy to go wherever. Um, there are some benefits to not being like to 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 buying into a single vendor. For example, like the the access management stuff for serverless functions. Yeah. Um. What else? I think that's. Maybe it. What's interesting is so in, in your questionnaire, you you didn't get into content management at all. Oh, and I, and I know your point. background. Like it's not that you like are unaware that that would be a thing, but it's it's interesting to me that like when you're thinking about stacks, like that's not something that comes to mind because like at, in in the agency world, and this is this is where like Netlify comes in, like if you're looking at uh, kind of handing this off to another team or to kind of owners to, to, to manage uh, something that you've built. And maybe that's why it didn't come up as like, you, you would just edit like markdown files and like commit them to, to GitHub and that would be your content. I don't know. You know, even that I don't like to do too much. I absolutely hate um, that pattern. And I think that it's so popular right now and I do not like it. I do that. <laughs> that's my blog is driven this way. And I don't like it. Now, you know what's a good happy medium is uh, Netlify CMS. They have a nice UI for it. It's Yeah, it's a wrapper around exactly the same pattern. It is, but that's kind of a happy medium in that uh, you can have a UI. If you like if you like working with the UI and not writing Markdown, um, there is like, there's a, I think, I think that discussion we'll have to have another time, but there's a big difference yeah. between am I going uh, static, file CMS or am I going database driven CMS? Yeah, that, that'll be an interesting topic. Um, Cause I, I think the idea of like files on a disc is very limited. The amount of work that it takes to take uh, files on a disc and create what amounts to like uh, a relational database 
versus just starting at a relational database. <laughs> uh, it it seems to me like uh, you're 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 working backwards in that specific scenario. Yeah, there's pros and cons to both. I think it it just takes like understanding what your application is and and what the like weighing the pros and cons. Yeah. True. Cool. So what was that question you had? Uh, yeah. So I said it out loud with words so that we'd remember to come back to it. And, 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 uh, I don't remember it. <laughs> so it, it was, it was hmm. around access patterns. Oh yeah. So you were saying in order to do DynamoDB and DynamoDB seems like really interesting. Chris Biscardi did like a whole series on it and anything that dude's interested in, uh, is, is probably cool. Um, so in order to do that, right, you have to know your, uh, your applications access patterns really well. I think that that's like a, a broad, uh, idea where like maybe, maybe there are, uh, like database products or, uh, SAS products that let you get away with more of that. But I feel like that should be the rule more than, uh, more than the exception, right? Um, you know, I, I can't get into too many details, but like that rings true uh, to some of my work experiences. Yeah, I, I think I think any any project you go out to build, you want to know. I mean, you benefit from knowing what the access patterns are, but let's right. say, for example. Um, I'll leave kind of Mongo out of the discussion because it it's kind of sits like right in the middle of I'd say like uh, Postgres versus Dynamo in my opinion. Um, okay. And with Postgres, you you kind of want to know the relationships of data and what the schema of data is. But if your access pattern changes, you can pretty easily just define a new database query that says like, if I have uh, users and products, I can say, cool, this user has this product. And then tomorrow we say, oh, we wanna have, we wanna add a shopping cart to our, our project uh, where, so that users can like save their shopping carts for the next visit, right? Yeah. Uh, then you say, cool, well, I need to make a relationship of user to shopping cart and shopping cart to product and things like that. Right. Uh, and that you can, you can do that after you can do that without having to do any sort of database. Well, you, you have to do a database migration to like add the, the schema for the shopping cart, but that's mm -hmm. relatively pain-free in my opinion. You know, as long as you're not doing major uh, migration of like data types. So you, you have a clearly yeah. defined user, you have a clearly defined product and all you're doing is adding a shopping cart. Um, with, with DynamoDB, the, as I'm learning it, Again, not an expert here, but as I'm learning it, I'm seeing that the the best way to treat a DynamoDB is you have like a single table and all of your stuff is just one document on that table. And so your schemas or your, your, your users are mixed in with your products, are mixed in with your shopping carts. And uh, the way that you do your lookups, you kind of have these... Uh, these weird, like they're called complex primary keys or something like that. It's like a combination of uh, the primary key and the sort key and 
and all this all this stuff uh, you, you can look up more of it online um but the point being that the the way that dynamo keeps itself so fast is it uh co-locates related data um in a way based on sort of like the primary key and you you kind of have to decide ahead of time that you're only ever going to access you know a shopping cart by the user and maybe like a product by shopping cart by user or something like that. I think I'm doing a terrible job explaining this, but uh, that was that was like a big challenge that it's not a relational, like you can't treat a relational and it's not like a, a table in Dynamo is not like a table in, in SQL. Um, okay. Where you want to, you want to avoid, you want to avoid the concept of like joins where you like go and get a, a, a data piece out of the table and then you get a related data piece and join them together. Like you don't want to do that with Dynamo. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it, it sounds a lot like Mongo, and I know they're both like document databases, but it's like, yeah, it sounds weird, man. Yeah. I don't know. It sounds weird. Well, I think Mongo, so Mongo, like the, what's the opposite of like the blessed approach, but, but DynamoDB has like the unblessed approach of you can basically search based on just the primary key. That's your ideal. Otherwise you're doing what's called, or you can query based on a primary key. Otherwise you're doing a scan and a scan goes through every item in the database yeah. and you only get it by, and you actually don't get it by every item in the database. You have to kind of like go by, let's say a hundred items at a time. And then if you want to get, you know, find me uh, the user with the most expensive shopping cart, let's say, right. Like you're never going to do that search in, in, or, or if you're going to do that search, you have to know ahead of time when you're building your application that you want to access data based on that pattern. Like yeah. find me the user with the most expensive shopping cart. Otherwise, what you end up having is I have to scan all of my tables in Dynamo a hundred items at a time and like store those in memory and then do a you know a whatever let's say we're using JavaScript, I have to do a, a JavaScript uh, sort or filter or something like that. Um, Whereas with Postgres, like that sort of query that's uh, like ad hoc uh, kind of just comes built in by the nature of it being a relational database. So I think what what we really should be doing is uh, we we should take like just a basic express node server and have it write JSON files to the disk um, and and then use that as like a document database um, because like, let's just go with the worst possible approach. Why not? Now, see, I don't think we should do that. I think we should save it in memory. In, so in, a, in, in, a, in memory, in a serverless function. Right. Yes. That way each instance uh, <laughs> is stateless, you know? Yeah. You start over. Yeah. <laughs> You you were talking earlier about like I want to use uh, kind of a serverless uh, architecture and and have you know these uh, these kind of stateless functions. And you said like these things are kind of hard to to think through and and implement. Um, and I think it's like the stateless nature of them makes them difficult to to work with. Um, I think Zeit, sorry, Vercel is uh, is working on some solutions for that. I know Heroku allows you to like pay to add on some some kind of database access to these uh to like cloud functions 
So like, I think that hurdle is going to be lower and lower so they don't have to be entirely stateless. Um, so that, yeah, I, I think well, that'll like really modularize a, a, a backend. Well, a backend, it, there, there's no back. It's just all middle. Well, I mean, uh, most serverless architectures have some sort of backend or have some sort of database. Right. You know? um, and you have things like, uh, Dynamo works really well for uh, serverless because because of its ability to have like concurrent read right is just like through the roof. But then there's solutions. You know, one of the problems with um, serverless is if you don't handle your closing your connection, then um, the serverless function like keeps it open longer than it should. Mm-hmm. So your request goes back and then, but that connection stays open. And then if you get a lot of traffic, your database is going to uh, overload on the number of concurrent connections it can make. Um, but you can actually, I think you'd have to be like really, really popular. Like, I mean, all the apps that I make, I don't, they're not going to get there, you know? So it, I'm not really worried about that. I think you can do that with a regular Postgres database, but there's actually a product out there called Yugabyte which is like serverless Postgres. Oh, yeah, it's cool. Weird. It's it's interesting. Um, it's open source. Uh, there's also FaunaDB maybe worth checking out. Um, they do, I think they're made to do like GraphQL, serverless GraphQL or something. Um, but yeah. Whoa, there's, there's Yugabyte solution. raised 30 million in a Series B. When was this? Yeah, yeah, they're cool. It's like a serverless <laughs> postcard. I like. I played around that with it. Just, it. It worked. That was the ninth. That was uh, a week ago. That is badass. Nice. Good job, Yugabyte. Yeah. yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Started from the bottom. Now we're here. There they are. <laughs> oh man. All right. What what should we do um, to like wrap the show up? Because like we we were talking about tech stacks and we ended up talking about databases, which is honestly uh, I wouldn't listen to that. Database is part of the tech stack. It is. It's the <laughs> worst part of this tech tech stack. Like, oh man, I'm sure that there's people that absolutely love databases, and I I wish they're not going to listen to this show. That's, they're, they're not going to listen to us talk about it. That's for sure. Yeah, that's right. A couple of idiots who don't know anything about databases talking uh, about databases. No, no, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, maybe they'll get some laughs out of it. Yes, I hope so. Um. Yeah, let's 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 wrap up. Um. Yeah, last time my, my stream got killed like right at the end, so we didn't get to do a proper wrap up, and I was going to see. If we wanted to do like picks or something like that, what do you think? Sick picks. I want nothing more in my life than to do Ooh. sick picks. Sick picks. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think uh, Scott Talensky and West Boss will approve us stealing that term. They didn't come up with that. Sick picks are a thing. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's a human thing. Fair use. I don't know. We're not making money, so you know what? No, we're prepared. gonna make our own. We're gonna make, we're gonna do our own thing. Let me uh, think about it. We're gonna call it slick picks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're moving on to picks. We're just gonna call it picks for today. Okay. Let's uh, let's hear. You got something? 
got something up your uh, sleeveless tank sleeve? Hey, uh, I, who needs sleeves when it's hot as hell? Um, yeah, my pick for today is air conditioning. Um, it is good, but not good enough. Um, get, gets you close enough to not dying. And I think you lost your connection again. Uh, That's- there you go. You're starting to move and say words again. There I am. There I am. There I am. I'm alive. Ah, I'm a real okay. boy. I'm a what's real your boy. What's your pick? Um, I'm gonna go with uh, <laughs> with Pinocchio terms. Pinocchio terms is my pick. No, what's wrong with that? Who doesn't like a classic, classic Disney? By the way, Love that it. that man, Pinocchio. Parts of that movie are disturbing, but super anyway. dark. Super dark. Yeah. Um, my pick is let's go with, I'm going to officially pick a couple things that I talked about earlier, which are going to be uh, begin.com really cool way to get started with an app. Like you can host a, a free little app very, really easily it connects to GitHub does automated deploys sort of similar to Netlify, except it can be your back end. It can be full stack can be just your front end. Uh, they do have an easy way to integrate with database, which they provide as Dynamo. So as long as you're keen on working with that. Uh, they also, I think they recently added something like event listeners. So you can do kind of an event driven. Architecture. Raise 35 gigabytes for free to play around with. And it's just basically like if you use JavaScript, I like to use connects for my ORM and I just like, it was surprisingly easy to just get started. That's cool. That's yeah. That's like a real pick. Whereas mine was like sarcastic and, and reactionary. And now I feel uh, like I didn't do a good job as a podcaster. I, no, you know, I have an unfair advantage because I've been, I was on a podcast for the last six months, a different one. So I got uh, some picks. I got some picks. Oh, you got you got like a hopper full of picks. I got you know what? I have a list on my phone because I would go through the day and be like, oh, that's a really good sick pick. And it'll be it'll be like random stuff, like some product from Trader Joe's or whatever. And uh yeah, man. Keeping a list of sick picks. That's my they pick. have sriracha ketchup. I do not recommend it. That's terrible stuff, honestly. <laughs> that's an anti-pick. Yeah. <laughs> don't do this. <laughs> also, also, just don't get their sriracha. Oh, really? I mean, yeah, I got, oh, I they got have their own. Trader, Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's, you're going to be hosting, you're going to be sponsoring us soon. I got a lot of love for Trader Joe's. So much love for Trader Joe's. Their but... ginger beer? Amazing. Quite Ooh. good ginger beer. <laughs> There's your pick. Uh, their sriracha, though. No, nah, man, give me, give me the, the, the one with the little green pointy top. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the one that had that town next to it, uh, like petitioned to shut it down because it was so stinky. (laughs) Oh, man, why you got to taint my sriracha? You always border on inappropriate comments. All right. Thank you. (laughs) Wait. Uh, Thank you, Grant, for being on the show. Thank you, AJ, for the time that you could afford us. Uh, Thank you, anyone that's join the live stream and any listeners that are listening and we'll catch you next time. 
function call was edited, mixed, and mastered by Kato Zane. See her work at katonoise.com. For show notes, other episodes, and more information about the show, visit our website at thefncall.com.